Hi, this is Kevin Polky, and welcome to the journey. Um, as some of our followers of the journey have uh, know, uh, the story of the journey is a story that I started a few years ago, started this podcast a few years ago, and it primarily focused on stories of transformation. Um, individuals who had struggled with uh, mental illness, uh, addiction, uh, suicide, uh, transition in life. What did they uh, face in those obstacles during that time period? And what did they learn as they faced those obstacles? And we've spent uh, a lot of time talking about this concept of resilience, either with the stories of individuals who've come on and shared them, or my own reflections as I've navigated through different uh, areas of my own life. So what we're going to talk about today is um, it's September and September is uh, Suicide Awareness Month. And it is uh, designated um, to try to increase uh, awareness, educate individuals um, who struggle in the darkness uh, regarding suicide or maybe individuals who have lost someone in their family or friendship um, to suicide. Uh, like many times when we think of these Awareness Month and the topic of Awareness Month, um, I think at best what it should be able to do is uh, tell us that uh, or to remind us that uh, to put some focus, attention toward it. But how do we navigate so that it is throughout the year, not just uh, during like in this case, the month of September? For some of you, you may know this story, but for the ones that don't, I'm going to share how I got involved with uh, this idea of suicide awareness and education. Um, I've been a counselor in some capacity or social, social worker um, since 1990, so that would be 31 plus years now. Um, my first exposure um, was uh, a personal story of an individual who's a, um, in our friendship group, went to a, a different high school than myself. We played sports uh, together and became friends through some mutual, uh, mutual acquaintances. And he had reached out to me um, at one point, and I just thought it was just another guy reaching out and wanting to get together just to, just to hang out. Little did I know um, that it, Less than a week later, he would die um, at his own hands. He would die as a result of suicide. That regret, that feelings of guilt, that feelings of loss, feelings of could I have done something? Could I have made a difference? Why didn't I reach out to him and call him has uh, stuck with me um, ever since that time period. And we're talking that was 1980, 1986, November of 1986. Um, that has occurred other times when I've heard about someone that I knew who, who, who died as a result of suicide, um, someone who may have been a former client. Um, I've been fortunate enough that I've never had an active client die as a result of suicide or um, a family member die as a result of suicide. But that friend who died and individuals that I know who have died, as well as the family members that I've worked with uh, since starting Shatter Our Silence has driven me to learn more about what are the things that lead to young adult suicide? What are some tools that we can use 
um, to help educate uh, individuals like myself back in 1986. If I would have known what my friend was sharing or showing, maybe that would have pushed me or uh, led me to be able to to reach out to him and 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 push me to uh, make some contact with him and ask those questions. I started an organization uh, five years ago, uh, a little over five years or five and a half years ago called Shatter Our Silence. Um, it's a nonprofit. Um, it focuses on raising awareness and educating uh, young adults as well as their significant others, uh, parents, siblings, uh, aunts, uncles, boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives, as well as the professionals that work with uh, those young adults. Uh, we have, over the course of the last five years, we have uh, talked to over 15,000 high school students, over uh, another 5,000 middle school and college students have been to a naval base, at, uh, Mayport Naval Base in Jacksonville, Florida, just returned from uh, an Air Force base, Edwards Air Force Base in California. Um, in numerous high schools and organizations, um, more in the Midwest than other areas, but as I mentioned, reaching all the way from Florida to California. I've learned quite a few things along the way and quite a few things with the people that I've interacted with. Um, number one, I have come to believe that individuals who are in that darkness, who um, have been, um, led to believe because of their circumstances, led to believe because of the depression, because of trauma they've experienced, um, led to believe in that darkness that they are uh, feel like they're engulfed in, that, that the depression lies to them uh, and says to them that this is the only way that this pain is going to go away. This lie that the depression uh, whispers in their ear or sometimes loud voices um, that is telling them that the only way to relieve this pain is for the for the life to end is a lie. Interviewing individuals who have survived a suicide attempt, uh, uh, talk to different individuals who, uh, in including Kevin Hines, who was a survivor of uh, jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, they have all shared the same thing, is that as soon as they left that bridge, as soon as the, the car hit uh, the pole or hit the embankment, they didn't want to die. I've come to believe that individuals who are in this emotional or physical and mental pain don't want to die, they want their pain to end. Because of that, I believe that it's our responsibility, individuals that are in that aspect of the light where we haven't ventured into the darkness at this particular time, how can we be equipped, be educated to be able to ask when someone's struggling, to be aware of when they're saying something, ask, ask questions about why they feel or why they're thinking that way, but we have to do it in a caring, empathetic, non-judgmental way. And then we have to know what resources to bring them with, who to connect them to, and then have the courage to bring them there. Um, so many times we become afraid that if we um, uh, get the person who's in the darkness 
to some level of assistance that they're going to be upset with us or they're going to be mad at us if we call 911 or we talk to their parents about what they've told us. The reality is when it comes to life and death, and in some cases that is what we're talking about, I would much rather have someone be mad at me than me going to their funeral. I know many, many times that we talk about um, stories of resilience and stories of hope and stories of overcoming. This particular episode is not much different than that, but it just is a little bit uh, more direct that when someone, and it's inevitable, when someone does come to you and they're in that darkness and they're, they're showing you some type of sign that they are thinking because of the depression, because of the trauma, that they think that somehow their life or some that their the people in their lives would be better off if they weren't there. We need to go toward them, asking them to tell us more about what they're thinking, more about that story. Make sure that you do and ask those questions in a non-judgmental, caring way and have the courage to go ahead and tell someone. I believe wholeheartedly together through awareness and through education we can prevent suicide. And through awareness and education, you can be a light in others' darkness. As always, thank you very much for being here. Um, share this video. Please make comments. Um, you never know who, um, who needs to hear this message right now, that that pain that's coming is temporary. And even though we don't know how long temporary is, that pain is temporary reach out to one, two, three, as many people as it takes until you get some type of direction, some type of solace to build in that space so that you can get into the light and out of the darkness. Again, thank you very much. Please share this message and I look forward to meeting with you again next week.